You know they want staring point, you know we straight to the point Boy Chris with assist, fast breaks like a joint splitting half Boy J with the J, we throwing heat, no gas, that's a touchdown pass You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Now they hardly can guard me like Dirk fade away You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Yeah, you know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the straight to the Bringing us into episode number 151 of Straight to the Point, my name is Chris not here with my guy J Dub this week as he's fighting TSA or doing whatever he do, but we got two guests to fill his shoes because you know can't really you know no one can really fill J Dub's shoes but J Dub. But we're doing a pretty good job of that this week. I'm gonna let these guys introduce themselves. If you know, if you listen to podcasts, if you had ears, you've heard these guys' voice before. So I'll let them introduce themselves, and then we'll bring in our topic for the day. Thanks a lot, Chris. Really appreciate you giving us, me and Kyrie, the opportunity to hop on your podcast, man. Really love listening to you guys' takes. I was just telling uh, Jared just this when he was on our podcast episode, too. Uh, I always listen to you guys' takes. You guys have some of the most unique takes. Definitely uh, giving me a couple of laughs, you know, at the job. So, uh, you know, definitely great podcast, you know, and, you know, definitely excited to be on this podcast. Yeah, definitely, Chris. Thanks for having us on Straight to the Point, man. Shout out to y'all. Um, the Restricted Zone podcast, uh, we you tune into that. I was just telling Colin before this episode, bro. Um, some of my favorite episodes, personally, is some of the is the ones that we did with you and J Dub for real, for real, because y'all bring such a different insight, and such a unique perspective, and like y'all humor is top notch. Y'all y'all jokes and stuff is top notch. So I'm definitely happy to be on this episode with you tonight, bro. Nah, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, you guys are, are doing your thing for sure. So we definitely notice you. And hopefully, you know, I, I've heard you guys' episodes. You guys are just like a well-oiled machine. You know, all of, you know, your whole team, it could be a lot of guys speaking and, and having that opinion. It's kind of like that barbershop fail where you kind of get a lot of varied opinions. And, and you might not agree with everybody, but, you know, the, the ball is still moving and, and, and no one's kind of just standing there dribbling, you know, weirdly. <laughs> kind of like how Jalen Brown is always accused of, you know, not really having <laughs> handles and <laughs> – that was can't, smooth. That was smooth. Really, it's not my first segue, you feel me? But can't do a certain, you know, can't do this on the court, can't do that on the court. Some people have now, you know, with this contract extension, like it's it's unimaginable the amount of money he's getting. You know, usually you got to move to Saudi Arabia to kind of, to get kind of money he get. But, you know, he's he's got this super, super duper max contract now from Boston. And a lot of people are, wondering whether or not there's another shooter drop you know why was the timing what it was they could have signed him to this deal weeks ago why didn't they they agreed to the deal and all the provisions that he gets north of 300 million dollars for a guy that's arguably a number two option on his team so Kyrie I'll start with you just kind of if you're Boston why do you do this the and that's a good question because a lot of people might not really see the value in Jalen Brown as far as his money goes. A lot of people might feel like Jalen Brown has went as far as he goes as being the wingman to Tatum. But I think personally, Boston feels like they haven't seen Tatum and, and, and Brown as a duo 
be the best they can be and hit their pinnacle as as far as being a, uh, the like the top two or like the top uh, uh, one two combo in the league, I should say. So I think Boston solely believes they have a lot left between those two guys and their core, especially adding Kristaps Porzingis' offseason in that trade. They feel like they have a lot of untapped potential between these two guys. And I can kind of agree with them in, in certain aspects right. because I feel like personally – these guys haven't figured out haven't figured out all the way how to play with each other. And it's just evident in the playoffs. And it's evident when it comes down to crunch time, because it comes down to important moments and it comes down to possessions meaning a lot more where you see these guys kind of struggle interact with each other. You kind of see, you struggle to see these guys um, just play together, like some at, at certain points. And you've seen it like with Tatum and his struggles, he his struggles to shoot the ball at certain times in this uh post past this like uh, past postseason. Um Tatum, I mean I'm sorry, Brown struggling with his dribble and his handle and then falling every five minutes and then just losing the ball, turning the ball over like you referenced earlier in these playoffs and just shutting down and not being and simply just not being the guys we're accustomed to. So firmly just to answer your question, I simply just think it's because Boston thinks this duo, these two guys together, have some untapped potential mm. and can ultimately lead them to a, to a championship and, and maybe in multiple championships. Because you don't pay a guy three hundred to five million for one chip, right. you you expect him to go out there and get you get you multiple. So, yeah, and I agree with what you're saying there because the the money aspect is what I keep circling back to. You got this new CBA agreement, so you see teams are going to have to be real smart and strategic with their money. They've already given Porzingis an extension. They, you know, they they ship out Marcus Smart. They move Grant Williams. They're trying to free up money to give to Brown, but Tatum's also going to be due too. And if Tatum is the better player of the two, you would theoretically have to pay Tatum more. So now you're going to have six hundred plus million dollars tied up with two guys. Now mm-hmm. we've seen that Boston had a great core around Brown and Tatum. They had Smart, Horford, Brogdon, White, whomever. But now if you got $600 million with two guys, you, you're not going to have them guys, them key guys, them fringe guys. You're going to have, like, you know, Pat Connaughton and stuff like that. Like you're going to have – sorry, I didn't mean to give – you know, have Pat Connaughton catch a strike, but like that was the first <laughs> time I thought of, you know, Boston economies. But you're not going to have as good of a core. Colin, I'm going I'm to kick this to you. So, <laughs> but why you, – you know, like, tell me why other teams should kind of use this as, like, precaution like maybe i don't want to give my guy the super duper max eight or two man i mean uh if jalen brown plays well is this conversation different do we move to a different like do are we talking about is this contract worthy or not because he please stuck it up that's why we're even now is like wow but if he plays well are we are we still talking like eh? like like what's the reaction towards that if he plays well like he plays phenomenal Mm-hmm. So that contract is handed to him. Are we looking at it like, whoa, wait a minute? Or are we like, oh, you know what? He, you know, he did his thing. Right. How about this? I'll, I'll push back. Right. If they if they had won a title by now, because they right. they've had Kyrie with them. I know they were mm-hmm. young, but they still had Kyrie off a title mm-hmm. with them too. They made it to the finals, lost. They made it to the conference finals each of the last number of years. And either lost in seven or, you know, it's always something. They're they're close, usually because they're beating up on the Sixers in the second round. But they're there Come right on, at man. the end of the year. So the Sixers getting no respect around here. None. Come on, man. Bums. 
I still, I'm still upset. Whoa, 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 whoa. But if they had won a title by now, and it was Tatum and Brown, the young guys, and they've already got one under their belt, yeah. is this a different conversation? Yeah, it's Absolutely. definitely, definitely is Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. We're 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 praising the Celtics wisdom because, for because we're, we're talking about the we're talking about the highest guy. We're talking about the highest paid guy in the league right now. When you when you think the highest paid guy in the league, a guy who in the, the last year this contract I think is going to kick into like seventy. He's going to get paid like seventy mil. You expect him to have an influence on winning. You expect him to have make conference finals and finals appearances. So if given the resume Jalen Brown has in the playoffs with the Celtics right now, where they have the, the multiple conference finals appearances and the one finals appearance, maybe maybe if they did get that one ship against the Warriors, uh, what was it, uh, last year, I, I definitely think a lot of a lot of people would be looking at this contract and this signing like, yeah, he, he more like he deserves it. 60.4 a year, though. So now Tatum's definitely got to be higher. Uh, I would think so. So I probably around the 330, 330, 320s. He's, it's going to be underneath 340, but just a little bit over 340. So now the Celtics are obviously locking Tatum. Now you're locked down with those two guys. And now when it comes to roster building, uh, they're, they're pretty much screwed, right? I mean, because now question. you got to... as you were, As you were talking, a thought popped in my head, and I'll, I'll pose this question to y'all both. Okay. Let's, all right, they they signed they signed Brown to this extension this year. They right. have to sign Tatum what next year? Yeah, they had to. They're going to. That's not even the all right. So let's say that now instead of trading Brown this year before the extension, oh. one year under the extension, you got four years left at whatever that price is. You trade Brown. You get one more year out of Brown and Tatum together, and then you pay Tatum and trade Brown. Okay, so you so we're gonna bank it all this whole season. Let's see what they can do. Can they pull? And then you got Porzingis too, right? Right. If he can if he can play more than sixty games, then I call that a successful season and a wise trade. Until then, it's up in the air for me. I mean, um, signing uh, of him is just real froggy for me. But uh, man, the point guard situation—they never really got that situated unless you're really confident in Malcolm Brogdon being your point guard. Which hey, no, don't get it twisted. It's not a bad option. But is that championship level quality? And that, between, is that what between him and between him and Derek White, Derek White running that position, I'm okay with it. I'm okay. really, I really just don't like the fact that I'm losing Marcus Smart. Because yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I didn't like that. I didn't like that. And I, and I, I've griped on this many a times during our podcast, bro. Like I, I, def, I truly feel like Marcus Smart was the heart and soul of that team, and he kept those guys organized. He kept those guys with like together. And you can say whatever he you, you can say what you want like about his play style, how erratic it could be sometimes. He him sometimes he's not he's taking shots that he shouldn't be at in certain situations. But Marcus Smart brings he's a lot. Of, he brings a lot of winning qualities between his defense. He at times his, his clutch ability as far as finishing and, and 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 hitting jump shots when it matters most, and just his grit and just knowing where to be at all times. He he just brings a lot of winning like a lot of, a lot of winning traits to the table. And I think he was a, a a vital part of keeping that Tatum and Brown duo together, especially during those times where they were hearing Trey Williams before, and hearing a lot of the talks about it before about them not being able to play together. And he he was the one I mentioned it before. He was the one that called that players only meeting around the time those guys were struggling. And it was on a yeah. After that, they, they was off. They was off and running. Went and made the finals, but. 
yeah, I, as far as the point guard situation go, Colin, I think they're good. I just don't I, – I, one of my biggest questions going in with them right now is them losing Marcus Smart because I, I really feel oh, like – I, I think that changes a lot. I think people so, really are underestimating it. You got to so, think. You think of what Dre – oh, sorry, go ahead. Chris. No, 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 go ahead. Answer your question. Like, you, you got to think about what Draymond is to the Warriors. That's why I think the Warriors are never really, you know, really truly part ways with Draymond. Because even though people would say his skills on the court is really – someone's probably someone's trying to down talk him and say it's insignificant. And I would say he's definitely one of those guys who impacts the game in the most positive ways. But because he was the heart and soul of the Warriors. Like, you got to think. Without Draymond, I don't think those guys won as many championships without Draymond. Believe it or not, people – People, people, listen, listen, and I know you might be like, whoa, but I, I'm telling you, Draymond's one of those guys, like, like you, you, you need, you need someone like Draymond, like the so, heart and soul of your team. So, so Marcus Smart was this. the heart and soul for the Celtics. Let me ask you this. So now with, like you mentioned Draymond, and we're going to get to Draymond and the Warriors in a second, but now you talk about Smart to the Grizzlies. I, I want to just say before I ask my question and pivot, that I think Smart to the Grizzlies is, is kind of one of those things like a, you I think know, it's pretty you, good. You add a veteran presence around guys who are relatively young and looking to get over the hump. At least Smart has been deep in the playoffs. Um, yeah, for the Grizzlies, this is the perfect move. You need that veteran presence. Someone's going to hold guys accountable. Speaking of I love being, it. you know, speaking of guys holding accountable, you mentioned Draymond. You know, with all the things that happened in Golden State, you know, especially this year with the Jordan uh, Jordan Poole and now him and his right. pop arguing on, on Twitter and everything, whatever. Damn. You you mentioned that you know, Golden State doesn't win as many titles without Draymond. You could argue that Draymond cost them a title. Of course, yes. That's so true. now, that's true. so now, I know Draymond is this polarizing guy, but is it out of the realm of possibilities to wonder whether or not he'll come off the bench? Because now you got him and CP3, and they both kind of do the same thing. Like, right. you know, Draymond's yeah. a bigger body, but they're both kind of the facilitate first. You know, I'll take the shot if you leave me open. I think Chris Paul is a much better offensive player than Draymond. Oh, of course, yeah. By far. But both are equally as annoying. Uh, both are – you You want to root against them simultaneously at the same time. Really, Chris? I've always wanted Chris Paul to win a championship. I, I I, like nah, he's had the worst – I always wanted Chris Paul to win a championship. He always had the worst The worst luck. Got to probably be the worst unluckiest point guard to me at a certain you know, at a certain yeah. point i think the luck thing like either you you like it's always so, him like you got the hamstring like, injury and you got the <laughs> and you got this like, and the groin and the hand and the in the back and the come on and he's like they were up they were up against the like yo he was up against he's, the okay he's a 38 year old point guard oh man Oof, like, bring it back to reality okay and looked yeah, last year, like you could argue, he's still a top point guard, but that's just by default. Like if he's I got, like if you got, if you can relative, if you can dribble a little bit, and you got Booker and KD, <laughs> and oh like my. you go, you go and get assists. Like you don't need, you don't need. Are you praising them? Are you are are you undermining them right now? I'm trying little, to figure it out. A little bit, a little bit of both. It's that fine line of haterism that they teach you, you know, <laughs> in hater school. So now, if you're if you're the Warriors, right? Kyrie, I'll pass this to you. What's your starting five for the Warriors? And then on top of that, how does CP3 fit with Golden State? Like that's a lot to handle. That's well, great. Well, I don't I don't see any scenario where CP3 starts. So it's gotta be Steph Clay. Uh 
Wiggins. Wiggs. And I say if either between Kavon Looney, but at, at the same time, bro, I want them to throw Kuminga out there because Yeah, man, he deserved it. He been playing he deserved it. And he, he he didn't show he didn't show a lot of it towards the end of the season. And he showed mm-hmm. he showed still had a lot to be desired like to, like this season. I feel so my, so, he, Ka- so you had Kaminga starting over Kavon Looney. Is that what I'm hearing? I'm I'm, I'm uh, it could be a toss up. They probably most, knowing the Warriors, they most likely going to go Kavon Looney. But I I want to see I want to see Kuminga, I really want to see Kaminga get that shot because he plays really. I just feel like he he's learning like. Game by game, I see him getting better within that offense and learning more and getting more comfortable within mm-hmm. how those guys play. He's such a valuable uh, uh, commodity in the fast break. And Warriors are up and down team. He helps them so he helps them so well as far as getting as far as getting up and down and playing the speed. Right. Von Lund that out too with with him seeing the possessions and getting rebounds, getting those outlet passes, and just like just being that overall dirty work guy. So he contributes right. to. And they're already familiar with him. He he's been around for I think like 2015. Like he, so I definitely see the Warriors giving that that, that spot to him. So let me, but let me push back on that because Chris Paul. If you're gonna have Chris Paul on your on your team, you're not running. Like like I said, he's 137. Like he's not running up and down the court no more. Like it's not New Orleans. So how do you balance a team that's going to be small? Like if you take Looney off the floor. You're a super small team, and you slow. Like, this don't really work. Colin, what you think? Man, I got to be honest with you. The Warriors are going to be one of the most interesting teams. And they're usually a team like the Warriors, you always would be interested in them since, you know, they are champions. Uh, champions and, you know, they won plenty of champions over the past six, seven years. But this is one of those times, like, I'm genuinely interested in the Warriors because I got to see how they make this work. I got to see how Steve Kerr, this is really what's going to make it it's Steve Curry. I think Steve Curry is a phenomenal coach, but this is where it's going to be like, yo, is this guy really a great coach? or Because how does he make this work? Now, most people think, people probably really think this is what, what they really want to happen. Chris Paul at the one, Steph Curry at the two, and yada, yada, yada. And I'm thinking to myself, man, that would be so unorthodox. Like, you don't know. Like, you would be, okay, that's really look bad. I don't think that's going to do anything, but, like, it's like you just got to see it, though. It's like you just gotta wonder, like, the, could it work? The only yeah, could the it only work? way I think it would work, let's say, if you have uh CP three at the one, Curry at the two, like Clay at the three, Dre at the because, four. Because yeah, I think it's Curry at the five. Because you gotta think Curry Gray's ability is shooting, not really playmaking. He can play yeah, for his but, abilities, but that frees him can, up with that. But, but here's the thing, you can run him off screens, you can double screen Looney and, and Draymond on both sides of the ball and let Clay and Steph run back and forth up and down the up and down the wing if you want him to. Like you can do a lot of off ball screens and a lot of misdirection. So I think it could work now. If you Chris don't Paul, have Looney, it, it, he's super he's super small. It's a super small lineup. Kevin, yeah. I mean, listen. I, mean, I, I just I don't see him working with that starting lineup because he he's not running. He's not doing no running off the ball. He's not helping them create the, that space and those gaps for for guys to cut really. Because he's used to just he's used to just being on ball all the time at, in in uh in in Phoenix. And yeah, but if you if, but like I say you let's say you have him bring the ball up. And what? you have let's say let's say you got back screens with Curry or or Clay or let's necessarily you don't got to play him. Let's say you want to play CP three and and Clay together, 
and let Curry and Draymond like you don't got all play them together at the same time all the time. I mean, you have options, I think, right? Yeah, and I'm thinking he he's going to be off. He's going to be playing with other guys coming off the bench like Moses Moody, who's a good set shooter and catch and shoot shooter. That's going to complement him well. Another guy like Gary Payton the second. That's a uh, Gary Payton the uh, second. That's going. That's a good cutter. Is good at getting in the gaps and stuff. He's going to find him. So they got other. They got like other guys, Kevon Looney, who's not really like super fast or anything, but he can seal out. He can seal out somebody down low and get you a bucket. So he's got guys that he's going to be able to shut up. And in those in those half court sets, like he's got guys that he has his weapons that's not going to have him like super lost or super like, um. I guess obsolete out there, but he's. I'm, I'm just seeing. I'm just trying to think of him out there with like guys like Draymond and Clay and Steph at the same time, or like with Steph, or him out there with like Steph and like like a Wiggins or something like. I, I just feel like he kind of clashes with a lot of those guys in the starting lineup at, at, in in certain set or certain lineups. I guess so. I I don't know, but I feel like a lot of the bench guys that they have, a lot of like their role players and their uh, like their gadget guys. Mm-hmm. He can really elevate and and help them out during the season, like especially if they have like some like, like injuries, this injuries to Steph or injury to Clay, right. or goes down. He has the ability to elevate a lot of those uh, those those younger guys. I think that's a good a point about a coach, a, a second coach on the floor. That's usually what Draymond is, but usually it would, you got to worry about Draymond's temper. Usually with Chris Paul, you ain't really worry about his temper. You got to worry about if he's doing some slicks, you know, something something slimy, something grimy. Like you got to worry about that. Same with Draymond. So. Like, can you imagine like, you can just see i can just see it now like this one's gonna be some like real some real just trickery going on with the world you like you they're like the patriot you know they're gonna have something that no one else is thinking about up their sleeve and everybody gonna look crazy because like yo how did you come up with that? but at the same time and i ended off with this mm-hmm. people question how this is gonna fit kd in there at the same time too with all those people and like at the same time kd's in my opinion, the greatest scorer to ever live. He's gonna he's gonna work anywhere, but he's with also with the greatest shoot the two greatest shooters to ever live too. So I, I feel like Steve Kerr at the end of the day can make Chris Paul work out if he if he made Kevin Durant come in and work out with those guys. No, I definitely agree with that. And speaking of things working out, things are not working out for two guys uh, who requested trades allegedly between James Harden and, and Damian Lillard. Uh, you know, not really much is new. Portland still doesn't want Tyler Hero. Sixers still being the Sixers. But neither one of these guys have gotten their trade requests fulfilled. So, Colin, I'll throw this to you. Our final question for the day. Who do you think gets traded first? James Harden? Dame Lillard? Like, who goes first? All right, my mic. All right, I was talking. My mic muted. All right, sheesh, man. I'm really hoping we can get rid of James Harden ASAP, ASAP, no Rocky, uh, really, really badly. But who really wants James Harden? Maybe the Clippers, because that's what he's demanded. And I don't know what they're willing to trade. But if it's not uh, as a superstar, then I mean, what are we doing giving you James Harden for? Unless you're gonna give us what pieces do the Clippers have? I think Brandon um, Boston Jr. Trey. I mean, yeah, they got B. Boston. They got um, Trey Man. They got. Norm Powell, like they Norman have Powell, Norman Powell's good. They do, they do, they do. But um, I, if you just if if you if you don't want James maybe? Harden, if you I mean you can't say like oh we don't want James Harden and then you ask for everything for him. Like you gotta make it seem like you want him. 
I think that, you know they working from a disadvantage. So, you know, I don't know what I know. I mean, I don't know what a framework of that deal would look like. I personally, you know, if you want to trade me, Paul George. Like, me, I mean, oh shit, you ain't got to tell us that. I mean, ooh, excuse my language. Uh, but mean, also, uh, wait, I do want to throw in about the Damian Lillard. It's crazy seeing Damian Lillard. Uh, a lot of people are turning against him, man. And I just think that's crazy. That man gave what twelve years of his career to that organization. That organization has let him down. And his only capable wingman was CJ McCollum. He did have Lamarcus Aldridge earlier in his career, but Lamarcus Aldridge wanted to be the star, and that just clearly wasn't happening because that was Damian. Uh, so, uh, and you know, to see how you know people turn and kind of turn against him, the fans and stuff like that. It's kind of crazy because you know he's definitely been one of the most loyal guys. But they drafted their point guard. When you draft a point guard like school, you know the Portland already made his decision right then and there to go ahead and you know. So uh, I think they should do him right. But at the end of the day, business is business. So you know Portland will always do what's best for their organization. But you know um, if they do tend to go to you know to you know at least pay respects to Dane because you know for everything he's done for the city, uh, they'll probably train for the Heat. But uh, it's just the heat offers is just lacking. But this, but if like, I'm, if you're Portland, right? Like, you love, like, yeah, Dame is cool. Thank you for what you did. You know, we appreciate you making us relevant for a little bit. And people, you know, thank, thank, thank you, thank you for taking the attention away from the fact that we drafted Greg Oden. So stop, bro. But like, why would anyone be upset? Like, yo, I lived in Portland for all this time. I want to go live in Miami. Have you been to Miami? Miami is great. Kyrie, what you think? I know. She was just... Yeah, I can co-sign that. <laughs> yeah, man, that's crazy. I mean, listen, I'm just thinking, like, I just feel like if the Heat really... Because, they, I mean, the Heat... I mean, Portland really... Yeah, there's just nothing that he had besides Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero doesn't... They got Shaden Sharp, Antoine Simmons. They got who else? Who Henderson. They got uh they they got a they got a couple of guards over there. I don't see Tyler Hero would would start though. I would think he would start, but Tyler Hero, how would Tyler Hero start? They got they got three, unless you consider Hero like a three. Like, I no, really he, he, Hero's he, a two. He, Hero's a two. Uh, okay, but, so who's starting, he starting over? Start, he's starting over Shaden Sharp. Come on, Shaden Sharp, you can put him at the three. He's six six. Why not? I mean, if you have Sharp at the three, where is Simon going to go? Simon's got one. Or he got put the two, right? Well, Scoot, I mean, no. who's going to be well, playing for Ant at the one? It'll have to be Scoot, Ant, and then Well, Shea. I mean, well, well, I mean, so this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Scoot probably will be bringing up the bench probably the first 10, 15 games, maybe. I'm not sure. Do ever how Portland does it. Because Anton Simmons, you know, he's a really good young guard. So, not coming you know, off the bench. Uh, if Dame is going, Scoot's not coming off the bench. Yeah, Scoot definitely not coming up the bench. You you automatically start a guy like Scoot. So now, so now just... in this in this hypothetical, right? You got to fit Hero in somewhere. That why if I'm Portland, huh. I understand like a third team. Why involved. would I do this? Third, a third team could be involved. So though. so what's the third team? Like why would it be right. a third team that would help facilitate Dame to, to Miami? Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't seem better. Yeah, unless it's a team out west that you don't got. Because it's, that's like a rebuild or something. Unless it's, you know, unless, or unless it's a team out west that's trying to get a little bit better. Like, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. The Lakers. I'm just, I'm not, I don't know. I'm just, you know, throwing it out there. Let's say I give you something. I don't know. Name your pick of like young 
young guys that's not really getting any burn. Max Christie. All right, let me say, let's say I throw you Max Christie. Just to get some of that residual, just so I can get a little bit better, because I was already in the Western Conference Finals last year. Like, a team like that that's kind of on the fringe, a team like Dallas that kind of could use some fringe guys, a team that's maybe looking to get a little bit better like Sacramento. Maybe these teams start hopping in the mix. What y'all think about that? All right, that seems fair. I mean, I mean, you know, Sacramento's been making some moves too, but no, that's fair though. That's definitely fair. Um, I just don't see how, you know, yeah, Dame definitely would. Yeah, I don't know where Dame would go to, honestly. Because it's mean, not really, it's, you know, it's not really anything out there. That it's it's the same thing with like Memphis and Durant like, last year, or I'm not Memphis, uh, Phoenix and Durant. Because it's like, every, what can you give? It's equal value. Because every competitive team has a, a a serviceable, if not serviceable, all star, somewhat point guard. So it's just like the only team is us, but we'd have to sacrifice Maxi, and I don't give a damn. I'm not sacrificing Maxi. Young team with some pieces. I I can see the Spurs. But, so. Here's the thing about the Maxi thing. I'm gonna push back, and yeah, the Spurs, oh, the Spurs is my. definitely. Are you I'm, serious, man, I'm just Chris. playing devil's advocate. Chris, before, Chris. before the pit, we got we about to wrap it up, but before you bring the pitchforks out, my my whole process is, if it's you crazy. got, you know, you only got limited time with Embiid. If you don't mm-hmm. think Maxi the guy, trade him to Portland, get Dame, see what you got for two years. If it don't work, blow it all up. That's my. That's where I'm at with it. Bro. To let go, Matt. If no, no, I'm saying if you don't, if you in that making that decision and you don't think Maxi the guy, trade him now. I think Maxi, I think we've never really given Maxi a fair chance, to be honest with you. He's not, gonna, I hope he's not gonna get a fair chance. As long as Embiid is there, no, no, it's not, it's not, not gonna get a fair chance. It's, it's James Maxi's always had to play behind a, a dominant, he was never really the second option, he was always the third he, option. You gotta think Ben Simmons and Joel. And then you got Jimmy Jimmy Butler when he was on the team. I mean, I mean, Tyree was on the team. You got Ben Simmons and uh, Joel. Now you got James Harden. He never really had a team to time to really be like a dominant unless, you know, the star player was injured and he had those 20, 25 games, 30 games if he was just balling out. And he, because he finally had free reign, the ball was in his hand and he was efficient. And he wasn't just scoring, he was efficient. Like, so I hope Harden does lead to now. Maybe we can see what Messi does at the one. And you know, finally give him. You know, he's always been a one. He just always he's learned how to play off the ball because in Kentucky he had to play with two other guards. That's why his off the ball skills make him so serviceable now. And he's always been helpful for the Sixers. But I like to see him go back to his natural position, and you know, give him the keys. You know, and let him take over because I feel yeah. like you know I, I don't want to give him Maxi. I just don't. They have anyone else on that roster and besides NBA and Maxi. All right. Well, I'm gonna wrap it up because the rest of the guys on the roster stink. So thank y'all for listening to another episode <laughs> of Straight to the Point. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend to tell a friend to leave us a review. Make sure you follow me on all your favorite socials at underscore Chris Cross. Follow Straight to the Point on all your favorite socials at STTP Podcast. Follow my usual co-host, J-Dub Hughes, at underscore J-Dub Hughes. Bring it in straight to the point. Thank you guys for, for joining us, and, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank y'all. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Thanks a lot for the opportunity, man. Hopefully you guys enjoy this episode as much as we enjoy recording this for you guys.